0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, uh, the only podcast that is still going. <laughs> I think all the other podcasts have just quit at halftime.
1: Just take our I, word for it.
0: Just, yep. We are, you know, we're the, the second longest running sad ass podcast full of sad sack dumbasses that keep watching this stupid fucking football team. My name is Frank.
1: I'm Scott.
2: I'm Paul. And yeah. uh, e- even if the podcast there there might be one podcast that's still out there We've talked about the one that ran <laughs> longer than us. And uh, there were a lot of F bombs dropped on that podcast, which would be Bills and Beers, uh, this past week. And at one point I they uh, I forgot who it was was saying, uh, and they you know, they always say you've got to have fucking faith in the team. I'm sick of this and finally large and said, Enough with the F bombs. I do not want to hear the word faith ever again on this podcast.
0: Yikes. Um <laughs> And and to be fair, like that's a Bills trigger world word right now, right up there with like probably second only to process. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, the the Buffalo Bills went down in what can only be described as horrifying fashion. Um, I think the last time we talked, we weren't fully certain that Derek Anderson was going to be the quarterback. Um, I think we we believed it, but it hadn't been announced. And there was a certain amount of, well, you know, they just got to look their usual like. I picked them on... to win. You did. I. I think I did. I
2: can't remember. I Scott was the only one who had the F word, if you will, in their gotcha. ability to win the
0: game. I had picked them to win the Texans, though, and I imagined it would be a Texans like score. My my. Yes. I did. I did say my worry was that like, you know, passing could get away from the Bills if 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 it, uh, if the Colts got going. Um, But who could believe the Colts would get going when, you know, they have a really good offense, but we have a really good defense. And as we know, a good defense is the most consistent thing in the NFL. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm analyzing uh, 37 to 5, um, which was, as was pointed out, you never want to have the 5. Like 5 is never a good score. It means you got, it's it's uh, I think uh, one of the radio guys said it's the perfect score to encapsulate. I couldn't do anything on offense basically all day and the defense scored a little, but even that didn't really amount to anything. Um, once it again,
2: wa- it was a scoreigami though. If you're familiar with that concept, which is the a score that had never happened in NFL history.
0: Yes, that's true. This is the first time 37 to five has ever been posted as a, as a NFL final score. Um, but I mean, the bills lose by 32. They, they do nothing with the ball Uh, they cannot stop anything or anyone Um, again this was a one in five Colts team which you know like it's not as if the Bills weren't a two and four football team that we should be looking so far down our noses at the Colts but I think it's hard to imagine I don't think anyone could have imagined that it was going to go quite like this Uh, I gave up at halftime so let's go with Scott who probably watched the whole game on the on the on the back end there I did um, not
1: I did not make it through the whole game. I did. I was watching on the game cast as, as usual on Sundays and then I was I was marginally Um, I was into it. I was like, Hey, we're, we're hanging around here. We're, sure. we're making some plays and that first quarter wasn't wasn't terrible. The, the Colts obviously put together some runs and kind of got in the end zone at the end of the first quarter and the beginning of the second quarter. But you know, they missed a, the extra point and you're like, Oh, that's probably a good sign. And then we go right down the field and then it and then and I then I watched this extra point. I watched the yeah, exactly <laughs> that's why we have the score we did um the uh and that's um and then the clay fumble mm-hmm. and a you know a penalty here or there that didn't go our way and you know suddenly th- there's a blown coverage on the the checkdown from luck to where Mac just kind of has to just you know run at a decent pace and he gets in from 30 yards on a checkdown. And the you know and the and I don't want to say the game's over, but we're we're looking at a fourteen oh deficit on the road, and at at that point the team evidently decided to to quit. Yeah, right? they packed it in. I don't think there's much else to say. Um, it's frustrating. It's the second time that we've seen. I mean, maybe the third, depending on if you want to count the Chargers game as quitting. I mean, they they obviously scored more in the Chargers game in the second half, but on some level, the quitting had already started in the first half. There, um, <laughs> the Ravens game obviously was them quitting. the The Packers game, I felt like they tried to. I mean, that was a two score game for most of that game, so that was not that was not quite as bad of a uh, of a catastrophe. But this was, you know, if your team quits on you three times in the first seven games, there's a there's a problem there. Um, and I will say, um, and this is something that, um, you know what, I'm not going to get into it right now. I'm going to let Paul go. And then I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Frank about, um, Josh Allen and Derek Anderson.
0: Oh, good. This, <laughs> I, I'm going to, I think we should put that in the third topic of the, okay, number. exactly. The Perhaps we'll do that. <laughs>
2: yeah. You, you lose to the Colts by 32 points on the, on the day, mind you, where Adam Vinatieri oh. jumps the shot. Like I think we all witnessed the end of Adam Vinatieri's career. They're going to let him get that record, and then then it's gone. And you know, I really feel like if the people who are on the Titanic could have watched this game as the boat were going down, thinking, you know what, this is not so bad. This this could be worse. We could be Bills fans watching this game. Boy, what a what a yeah. And and Scott really did the progression well. It didn't start off the disaster. The defense came out with two. Good stops. They even stopped a third and one QB sneak, which is not easy to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they they seem to be on, on the right page. The offense moved the ball slightly, at least toward the midfield stripe at points uh, early on. But then, yeah, you you blow coverage here. You give up some big runs up the middle there. And then, as, as Scott noted, they just gave up. I, I think on Twitter during the game, I said that by the time it got to 17-0, or when it was 17-0, I said, I I feel like this is over. I just don't feel that this team has the wherewithal to come back from this type of deficit because they had shown so, so little on on offense. And, you know, this was not – you are not going to face many defenses that are worse than the Colts' defense if you look at the amount of points that they've given up this year. And as far as the Bills' defense goes, you – they. This was, I, I think I read, maybe the second game in the last few seasons where they had no sacks and no takeaways. You're not going to, as we've discovered with this team, you are not going to win unless you sack the quarterback and get takeaways. Now, some of that is what the Colts were doing. Some of that is Andrew Luck is a good quarterback. But a lot of it is, you know, undisciplined linebackers, not – staying in the spot on the field where they should be. It's guys like Dante Johnson deciding he's going to take a crazy angle on a play where he should be having outside contain. And a running back is like, thank you, and strolls in for a touchdown. That was in the Jacoby Brissett phase of the game. So at that point, everything was already said and done. But just to see the – this is the – and we'll get into this topic more later, I'm sure, in the – you know, what, the F portion of this. But this is, what, the seventh game in – Sean McDermott's, what, the 23 24 game, you know, uh, coaching history that the Bills have lost by 20 or more points. I mean, that is that the blowout trend is disconcerting to say the least. So, you know, I don't really want to dig much deeper into the specifics of this game, but I'm sure I'll talk more about what they The Bills siren is ugly game. The Bills siren has sounded.
0: Sounded. So you have to wrap up your point. Thank you. Um no I I did not know that about um McDermott that he had given up that cuz that's not just an indictment of offense it's an indictment of defense cuz you have to give up at least 20 points to do that and typically you're giving up more um and that's a, for a guy who's all about defense and and I think we've seen I, you're right th- this defense thrives on sacks and interceptions they're not a impose their will defense they're a opportunistic defense that um you know plays the ball and wants to get the football. And, you know, that's part of the, the risk-reward that that happens. Um, I think that for me, and I'm not the first person to say this, uh, what's disconcerting is this is the, the first, second, third, fourth game out of seven that was over at halftime, not counting Bills-Vikings, which was over in the good way at halftime. Um, and you know, they've split the other two, (laughs) right? Like they, they won a close one and they lost a close one, um, in the last two weeks. So it, once again, it's not a sustainable way to win football games. I found his comments on Monday on the radio station, particularly disconcerting where he was doubling down and sort of facetiously saying like, well, I'd love to score 50 points a game, but. Uh, you know, hey, that's not realistic. And I, you know, my philosophy is to establish the line of scrimmage and all that. And it, he just seems to be, I don't, I don't know where this comes from, you know, that people think that this is the way to win football games. I mean, even great defenses have good offenses. Um, I don't think you need to have Tom Brady, but I think you do need to have something on the offensive side of the football. And so, you know, to have to have them sort of just be blowing smoke up everyone's ass, pretending like this is a football team worth watching. And second of all, to hear him say that, damn, he said it again. Yeah, like, well, we're, where we live, we've got to, you know, here in Buffalo, we've got to run the ball and play blue collar football. Like, No, like that's like, first of all, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are waving hello from Wintry Tundra, as is Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and you know, the best bills team in history. Wasn't a really a running team. You had Thurman Thomas who could run, but he was more of an option catching the ball and running. He was a versatile running back. And so they weren't a imposure will football team. They were a score a lot of freaking points team. Um, it's very frustrating because really in the last two weeks, I've turned the corner on. I I've gone from, you know, thinking these guys could do something, even though I didn't like them to just, I don't think it's going to get done with these two guys and they're not going anywhere this year and, and
2: not going anywhere next year either. No, they're not.
0: I mean, between getting the playoffs and the fact that they're clearly like settled in for a rebuild, like this team is going to get, is going to get rebuilt under them. And, you know, here we are again, 31 pass attempts for 175 yards for Derek Anderson, who, I don't know. Might have gotten to 200 if he could have kept throwing. Andrew Luck gets four touchdown passes, like unmolested. Chris, like they didn't even, they ran the ball too. They actually, the Bills did okay running the football. They averaged seven or eight yards of a, a, a carry. They just, they couldn't do anything else. Kelvin Benjamin showed up a little and they just, they just refused to sort of join the rest of that. That's the other thing that I, I think I really take away from this game is I tuned in for I watched the the highlights of the end of that Bears Patriots game, and I I watched I watched the Chiefs play football. Um, and there's Pat Mahomes.
2: Yeah, it's just like watching the Bills.
0: It's exactly like, like watching the Bills. The Bills. Yeah. And you know what? I I don't care. Derek Anderson can't do what Pat Mahomes can do with that offense, and neither can Nate Peterman, and neither can Josh Allen. And it's clear that not only that we missed pat mahomes but more importantly you watch that and it's like they're playing a different sport they're like the bills are not playing what everybody else is playing
1: they're they're just just the good teams though frank that's the difference i don't
0: understand because like even (laughs) the bad teams like the colts seem to be like like wouldn't you trade places with the colts today if you could Wouldn't you, I mean, well, yeah, but
1: that's true
0: since basically Andrew Luck got drafted. Exactly. So like, I don't, I, I, that's my point though. Like, like they definitely have their problems and the Colts are not a good football team, but I would trade places with them in a heartbeat because I think they're better built going forward to, to do the right things. So, um, I mean, it was just a, it was just a nightmare all around. And, and losing McCoy, of course, is the cherry on top because, you know, now we're under the laughable proposition, which we'll get to at the end of the podcast of, of, you know, can, De- you know, I, by the end of the week, I can't wait to hear how somebody's justifying how Derek Anderson and the team might be able to win a game in against New England at home. And so I encourage if you need a good laugh to tune into one bills live at the end of this week on WGR and listen to what John Murphy and and Steve Tasker come up with, because I'm sure it's going to be complete horse shit. Just literally, they're going to have a horse on the radio and they're going to back it up to the microphone and it's going to poop on the microphone for three hours. And that's going to be their their, you know, football preview. To be Um, fair, that
2: was actually our first episode.
0: That was our first episode. Um, (laughs) Maybe next Maybe next exec one. But then it would have um, to be your horse. Right. Exa- thank you. Thank you. Very <laughs> well done, Tommy boy. Um, do you want to do three stars or do you want to like take me to task on some sort no, of job? No, no, I Eric think well,
1: it's, it takes the fun out of it when Frank is like, oh, well, I give up on this team because then it's like not. But I mean, to me, like the, the most thing, the thing is that I figure is, is there is the as the concept we've discussed occasionally on the show. It's obviously come from the baseball side of like a replacement level player right that was literally what you saw on sunday playing quarterback was a replacement letter qu- level quarterback is literally anyone who has a moderate understanding of the game of football who was literally sitting on the couch two weeks ago and brought in to play a game on 10 days notice right and was not significantly better than any of the quarterbacks who have played for the bills so far this year uh, but
2: you but know he was not i think it's a fair. worse
0: i think it's a fair <laughs> question to ask whether he was like i mean granted he had four turnovers and he had a terrible day but i mean there's no doubt that he's better than Nathan Peterman. It's not that he's good by any stretch. And that's not what I'm saying. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just, and that's the point is like a replacement level player is someone who is available at a moment's notice because they're not that good. Like, right. The average quarterbacks are all snapped up in this league. Yes. You have to, kind of find a bad one if you want a guy who's available right now. Well, there, right. there
2: is a guy who's played for San Francisco, but that's, yeah, let's that's
1: a, another topic. That's his And he's been out of the league long enough
0: that maybe his like his rust would really show. Like, even, right. not that, anyway. Yes, but I let's mean, leave him.
1: I think, I mean, someone was saying that Derek Anderson is the played. NFL. Let's just leave. Him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like the NFL, we're just not going to acknowledge that's a thing that exists right. as a <laughs> in society and the league.
1: Exactly. Um, well, someone was saying it was either it was either Anderson had started four games in the last seven years or seven games in the last four years. Neither one's which, good. Neither one of those is good. Um, but and that's kind of the the scary thing is, of course, is that you know, and again, Josh Allen is young. He is getting better. I, I think. I think he's slowly, maybe, tinyly getting better. At various points, you can maybe see it. Obviously, before he was injured, he's not getting better right now because can't do well, anything like, other than take like He might be reps. getting
0: better because he physically is getting healing
1: so exactly in a day-to-day fashion yes right. he's, he's he's recovering back at at um you know at right. the bar and he needs to wait three turns for his you know health powers to heal up um but anyway so Derek anderson again shouldn't be the 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 bar that we are trying to get over no um yes. but that but that is now we can go back and say Look, if Josh Allen can't be better than what we're seeing from Derek Anderson on ten days' notice, like this game, then we don't have a quarterback. Like that is the bar that he now has to get a crop of. And I don't know if I want to say that he needs to be able to get all of that bar by the end of this year, but it damn well better be in the first four games next year. Otherwise, let's just shut this whole thing down. Like, like hello, twenty twenty. Like I can, I can agree.
0: I think I can agree to that. by if, By the beginning of next year, you're not impressed with Allen because presumably, also at the beginning of next year, we would have additional offensive football players. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, with With which to to make some, you know, rain. Um, and so if if you can't get on on the page by then, well, I'm with you. Let's let's move on. org. Um, okay.
1: That's all. I can go on to three stars if you'd like.
0: I think you should. Cause then we can really get into like whatever terrible thing you, what the next segment will be, whatever terrible thing you want to say about the bills or the front office or the football team. You, you
1: can, that's going into be, the microphone. Yes. The it's conference.
0: just going to be anger. Right. So let's, let's do three stars and acknowledge the good players of the football game.
1: Um, what was the thing from unfiltered hate? I forget what it is anyway. Um, so let's talk three stars. Um, Honorable mentions. I guess I will give it to. I don't know. I guess I'll say.
2: It's tough to choose a bill if that's what you're trying to do. I could be here for a while.
1: That's not really what I'm thinking. I'm trying to think. Eric
0: Anderson, just for even able to,
1: (laughs) for for being a good sport. And did you see his
0: face? That screen capture of his face in the press conference. The thousand yard stare. Oh man. (laughs) Like McKee uh, like regretted coming back anyway. And
2: is- I, I, as you know, did uh, retweet that with the the pretty much the conversation between Lando Calrissian and Darth Vader. Yes, uh, you know, you're coming to mentor the QBs. Great, I'll sign here, and then you're starting next week. This isn't what I. This was never part of the deal, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you know the rest.
1: Good deal. too. Um, so, uh, you pray that I don't change it any further. Um, exactly. So. I will say that I will give no one an honorable mention just because, like, I was debating whether to give it to a Colts defender. (laughs) There was no honor in this game. (laughs) Exactly. Like, a Colts defender, maybe, but, yeah, not even really. I mean, so, anyway, I give it to uh, Anthony Costanzo for your third star, um, the left tackle for the Colts, who successfully defeated Jerry Hughes on numerous occasions. Jerry Hughes, I believe, who now owns an unsportsmanlike penalty on an extra point if I'm not mistaken. Yes.
2: I figure if you're, you know, he hadn't had a, a personal foul all season. So when you get it, go for the gusto and do it on an extra point. That's <laughs> what I say. He was Absolutely. way behind his usual pace. So let's do it in a unique fashion.
1: I have to pick it up somehow. And yeah, exactly. I think the, uh, it's, it's not a full Jerry Hughes until he gets a sack and takes a swing at a guy at the same time. But,
2: um, anyway. the old sack and swing as they call it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah much different <laughs> than swinging your
1: sack. <laughs> one of those names. um so your second star goes to mr andrew luck who uh you know a relatively i'll call it a game manager type performance uh 156 yards passing is what is what i see here i see only 17 completions that's not making me really that happy yes he had four touchdowns i suppose that's pretty good yes his qbr was 93.7 which is like six point three off the max it could be yes he was pretty much not even trying after the second half um but yeah so that's why he doesn't get the first star because the bills just couldn't make it a good enough game to get him the first star um because i'm pretty sure he would have gotten there um and then your first star i'm gonna give it to marlon Mack. obviously there were other the running back the other running backs did just as well as well but mac obviously had um he had if you do the carries and receptions. He had 21 touches for 159 yards and two touchdowns. That's pretty good day for the office for anybody. And again, um, some of it is the bills defensive line, clearly not really coming to play. Some of it is the linebackers uh, not really being in the, in the uh, area code on some of these um, plays. Um, but he was running hard, and he definitely give, gave a, you know, a good, solid effort. Um, another nameless running back who finds a way to destroy the Bills. Um, good pickup in your fantasy league this week. Good one to uh, keep an eye on is uh, anybody playing the Bills for your fantasy league. That's your fantasy tip of the week. Huzzah. Um, I think when you
0: enter—and I just tweeted this because I think it's funny. Uh, I think when you enter New Era Field— Uh, You should have to enter through the center gate and above the gate should be the words a all hope ye who enter here.
1: I like it. I like it
0: until Brandon Bean is. Well, I I still I guess I still can't really decide that I hate him, but I'm I'm way over Sean McDermott now. I'm done. Um, The The magic's gone. The magic's gone. I think he's I think he I think his his true abilities are showing here in a crisis. And one of the things that really bugged me and then, and then someone else can, we can have another moment that he said was, you know, the, the guys prepared really hard all week and we tried, you know, they, they, they were pressing him. Like what, how can you possibly justify this type of losing? And he, he's like, well, you know, I was it a lack of preparation or, you know, and he goes, no, like we prepared all week. And it, 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 this type of thing always reminds me, I may have said this on the podcast before I had a professor in law school, who said he was a, he was a good guy. And and after I wasn't in his class anymore and I would help him with projects and stuff, he, I went up to his office and he said, I can't meet with you today. Today's the day that the the first years who failed their test, um, or, or got a bad grade, come up to see me, he goes, and I hate this day. And I go, yeah, I go, it's gotta be just sort of a lot of, he's like, he goes, the problem is every one of them comes in here and says, but I studied so hard for this test. And he says, if I take you at face value that you studied really hard for this test, I am left to conclude you are stupid,
2: <laughs> right. right? Or it, just not lawyer material. One or the other.
0: you like, don't know how to study at minimum. Right. 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 Like in short, you're bad at this. And so if, if McDermott feels, and, and, and if the team correct, he is correct, even that the team prepared all week for this, then I am left to conclude that the team is bad because it is not a matter of wanting it more or who prepares the most okay it's a matter of talent and then maybe after you equalize for talent there's some room for preparation to make difference at the margins but you know if if you are telling that to me this needs to be the follow up question right like okay well if they prepared very well then are you saying that they're simply not talented enough what happened today because it's not simply good enough to say the 1 in 5 Colts are also in the NFL and they play football too that might work the first or the second time but as paul pointed out they've been blown out by 20 points <laughs> seven times already in in less than 2 years so what the high holy hell um paul why don't you
2: yeah rant? it's a, and i is a continuation of the the rant i was just reflecting on our right before the season podcast and we all predicted that this team would be either five and 11 or four and 12. That said, you know, we, so we knew this year was going to be painful. It would involve some level of of suffering Mm -hmm. as former Buffalo Sabres general manager, Darcy Regeer would say. And yet none of us at the time really expressed, you know, pressing doubts about McDermott uh, or said if they finished with a bad record, you know, he should be gone. That was not the conclusion we reached. So we, and you know what, they're probably on pace to finish four and 12, 5 and eleven anyway. So, really, you know, why are we frustrated with him now? And what I'm gonna, you know, note is to use his own words against him earlier in the season when we talked about he talked about some of the offense's struggles. He said, you know, you expect the team to be hitting certain benchmarks performance-wise. You expect to see progress. Instead, at the you know, what we've seen is they have at best stagnated and possibly even regressed on offense to the point where if they get a hundred yard rusher at this point, I'd be like, wow, what a phenomenal rushing day. Like now Chris Ivory, 16 for 81, seems phenomenal to me. And a passer, I think they broke, I think Allen broke 200 in the, in the chargers game and would have broken in the Vikings game if they'd had to actually pass in the second half. But that's two games out of seven where my standard is like, Oh, maybe I'll pass for over 200, like Mahomes, homes, Brady, I've watched games this year where those guys have hit 200 in the first half with no problem. And this offense just cannot do anything to move the ball, to get into scoring position. And, you know, I was looking, yes, they're a young team. I looked at some stats today. Buffalo ranks third in terms of percentage of snaps played by either first or second year players. 34.1% of their snaps have been by rookies or or sophomores. So even though the roster age is technically older, the young guys are the ones getting the playing time. The old guys, the Ramon Humber's and the Andre Holmes's, et cetera, tend to be depth guys or guys who are playing a lot of special teams. And, you know, you have some some positives in there. Deion Dawkins ranks, you know, 22nd out of 118 offensive tackles in uh, 14th uh, in pass blocking for pro football focus, which even if you don't think that's the be-all end-all resource, and you shouldn't, you know, they're not so far off that Dawkins is doing badly. And yet, then you look at one other thing I read on PFF. Nate Peterman, his ranks 56th out of 56 quarterbacks who've seen at least 100 snaps since the start of the 2017 season in terms of overall grade. Uh, Blaine Gabber, who's second last, is nearly 20 points ahead of Peterman in their rankings. And I bring up Nathan Peterman because he has been a direct, played a direct role in two of the, six losses, excuse me, two of the five soon to be six losses the Bills have had to this point in time. So, you know, the frustration I think that comes from from me is I am not shocked they are two and five, a little disappointed, think they should be three and four or so at this point based on what we've seen, but they also beat the Vikings, which only them and the undefeated Rams have done, so I guess I shouldn't be too uh, hoping for a better record on that front. But what's disappointing is the fact that we've not seen progress if they had turned the ball over three times and lost 28 to 17 this game we'd be like boy that's this point a colt's team's a team you should beat here's some offensive progress here's where they came up short but it wasn't even it wasn't even a football game and we've seen this so often with these 20 plus point losses and it's just incredibly frustrating when they go out on monday night against the patriots you, I've never believed in moral victories in the NFL, but this will be one of theirs. It's like, well, they played it tight. I will actually, I may actually be happy with that, with losing to the Patriots in front of a national Alliance if they just don't embarrass themselves. And that is not a good place to be at.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, progress would be yeah progress is nice progress is one of those things that you're kind of expecting i mean i I get you know mcdermott you know has said repeatedly that you know in the off season he was saying you know well every year is really different you kind of have to take it as a step one but you know this team is not even making progress it's not even like you'll expect that a team necessarily gets better year to year they have to get better in the season or at least more coherent short of you know uh the team um and I guess sort of the team you know having massive injuries or cuts or trades or anything like that um and obviously we have had some injuries but i don't want to completely forget you know obviously mccoy been out for some of this and, and Al and some of this going on but at the same time i think you can say that the and the and i think what what mcdermott would say was well you know i'm sure we are having progress you know i think we're we are getting better you know i think we're, we're you know we're running the ball better we know the team better whatever it is but the problem is is that like that's great. Everyone else in the league is also getting better every week. Also, everyone else in the league is also understanding their offense better, understanding their players better, figuring out what works, what matchups they like, where they've got advantages. All those things are also happening. And they are, you are not running a race independently as much as we'd like, as much as coach speak tells you, like, we just have to worry about ourselves, yada, yada, yada. I understand like, that's the message you want to send to your team. But at the same time, you must know that no you're actually in a competition every week you play one on sunday and then you find out if you're actually better than the team that's you're playing that day um so that's frustrating the other thing i will say is to get back to frank's points about kind of the frustrating things about kind of coach speak and stuff is like if you want to get him in the room you want to ask him if i was to suggest that this team isn't getting better that this team is bad, that this team has given up, and that this team um, has no capability of making the the postseason. What would you point to to prove me wrong? How would you prove that that wasn't an accurate statement? And I think they'd start with the Vikings game and I'd be like, "Great, that's one." And then after that, I think it'd be they'd probably point to the Titans game, the other game they won and be like, "Okay, so the game in which we had 220 total yards at home mm-hmm. against a fairly average AFC South team. That's that's point two. And then right. everything else has been pretty much you being garbage. I think
0: you'd also get a healthy, you know, well, that's for you to decide and we're not here to prove things to you. But uh, and, well, I think he said, I think he has said as much to reporters. So, yeah,
1: and that's, and that's fine. If that's how he wants to treat the media and the fans, like that's right a way to do it. Um, again, I'm not sure that being nice to the media and the fans will buy you any extra good graces when it comes down to, like, your team being terrible, but it probably couldn't hurt. I think there's just room to say something like,
0: yeah, we played really poorly. Obviously, something is not, you know, and and say, like, you know, I thought we had prepared well enough, but obviously we hadn't because X, Y, and Z, you know, we went through and maybe we need to adjust something. Uh, Or, you know... There are players on this team that need to pick it up. And you can say something like that without having to name a player and make it clear that you understand the gravity of the situation. And and that is at least at least makes me feel like you're not insulting my intelligence, right? Cuz like if you're just going
1: to parrot things, then why am I tuning in? There's also a there's also a bit of accountability of it too. Like I understand, right. like he may not want to call people out in the media or in public. Sure. But on some level, it's if you're not willing to show yourself accountable to the people who are the paying customers, then I don't know how you're s- supposed to encourage accountability to those same paying to your players to those same paying customers. Like, right? If I can't be honest and straightforward with them. I don't understand how I can expect my players to go out and try hard. I mean, admittedly, other than the millions of dollars that they're being paid. So I think there's, there's I understand where he's coming from, but I would say that, and this is something we'll get to a bit later when we get to, to trade rumors, is like the culture at some point of accountability or like team first and things don't leave the locker room. You know, those things have problems and, and negative externalities as well. They are not un, they are not universal goods, and you can't just say, like, well, we're keeping things in-house and have that be the answer to the problem of how you deal with the media and expect there to be no pushback or no um, – that that's all you need to worry about to a
2: certain extent.
0: Anything else we – anybody else we want to complain about? I mean, <laughs> it seems like the wrong week to complain about quarterbacks only because, like – obviously it, it is just whatever it is at this point. I, I, a lot of the reason I gave up on this season too. Th- this, this game was the last chance for Josh Allen to come back to something. That's was a semblance of a team that was in the mix or had something to play for. Right. Like that's why I was invested in this game. And only right. Cause now they're going to be now. surely
2: two and six after this coming week. And exactly. they're not going to run the table or go seven and one in the back. No, they're going to get,
0: they're going to get trashed by the bears and, and, by the time he comes back, they're going to be, you know, they would have to run the table to be nine and seven, right? And that's just not going to happen. And so for me, like this was the last chance for the Bills season to be at all interesting except for anything that Josh Allen does. And so now really like as <laughs> as I texted the guys this week, we could watch the football game or we could come over and, and play Dungeons and Dragons and pretend we played the football game and scott had a great idea which uh maybe we'll get to i don't
1: know Man, um, maybe we can save it we can save it for the off season too
0: yeah that's a good offseason season it's certainly it, yes. it's it's certainly got a, a chance to be a really good um uh wacky schedule thing next year yes, <laughs> <fair enough>. yeah. <laughs> um let's see what can i what can i i see what what people what things did the people say on the interwebs for us this week you can always find us Twitter.com backslash b where Paul is there during the game and I am there after the game, generally drinking wine and angry.
1: Mad online. Yeah, if 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 you find that the tweet
0: is extremely angry and not <laughs> particularly well worded, it's probably me.
2: <laughs> I was saying we could go with the old uh, Facebook system putting our names in parentheses when it's not, you know, one of us. Right. But yeah, it's yeah. also fun to wake up uh in the morning and be like, what the why is why? Who's replying to me on this? What did, I didn't say this. And they're like, oh, Frank. Frank got a hold of the Twitter, but but that always makes life entertaining.
0: Uh, when did when did Shermerst Oh, you answered Orlando's question. Okay, we, our yeah. first question comes from the longest running Bills podcast uh, on the air. Yeah. Bills and beers or Bills and fears?
2: Fears. Yes. Give them the proper name. name. We, for now, as you've noticed too, are boo Bills M and Y. Which yeah. had the meaning of a scary ghost for Halloween, but also boo bills. So yeah, I was gonna say we
0: could maybe just keep double B- double. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Did we have to draft a quarterback question mark? We knew two were coming off the board before our pick. We were all in, but not enough to get to the second pick.
2: And I um, thought this was a I thought not to jump in, but I thought this was a really good question. I wanna redirect to Scott if that's okay, because you know, my you know, since they're asking, did we have to draft Q B, my question to Scott would be, how good do you think the twenty nineteen QB class is? But I do wanna put in the caveat that um, you know, the medium fans would have been livid last year if they didn't draft QB after all the maneuvering they did with a highly, you know, praised first round, you know, for draft uh with quarterback class, if you will. But, Scott, what do you think of the, uh, the 2019 they're, QBs? They're only, around,
1: obviously? I believe – I'm trying to think who it is. There's one There is one kid that people seem to like from one of the smaller schools. I forget who it is. Um, I believe – and then I think – the other one is the Oregon kid is the other one. Uh, Herbert, is that his name? I forget. I now That that might not be right. Anyway, there's, there's – it's not as deep, certainly – as last year's team. And I think I think the I think the unfortunate fact is is that I don't know there's a lot of I guess the point is, could you have gone into that offseason with a plan to keep your options open? Yes. Could you have gone into that offseason? Could you have gone into that draft with the moves you had made to that point and not taken a quarterback? The answer
2: is probably no.
1: Um, Because the answer would have been, right. well, we're running Nate Peterman out there. That would have been the answer. right? Well, well the answer
2: could have been, you know, McCarran. they could have signed Derek Anderson as well early <laughs> in the process. It, like they wouldn't be doing worse than they're doing right now anyway.
1: Probably not. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe they'd be doing better. Who knows? Know.
0: Well, yeah. well, dare I say it? May I, may I play the most oh, devil sure. of devil's advocate that they could have done this, especially because they seem to have wanted some sort of ball control offense to go with their defense that really they had a ball control quarterback <laughs> on the team <laughs> under contract that they didn't have to trade to the Cleveland Browns. Now, if you listen to this show at all, you know, I am not a Tyrod Taylor fan and I did not think that he was a good enough quarterback going forward into the future but if you wanted the veteran presence and the and if you wanted one of these guys to be the guy to step in and 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 josh allen could learn from him and you know then tyrod taylor was your guy and if you kept tyrod taylor on the on the roster even for one more year you didn't necessarily have to go and get a quarterback this year you could have tried to get a quarterback the following year um You had certainly the ammo and you could have used that ammo to allow other people, like you could have let people trade up to your spots again and had multiple picks in the first round in this upcoming year. So there would have been a way around it if you really felt like it. Now, kind of to Scott's point, I mean, that's what they pretty much had been doing, right? They were loading up from even before Brandon uh, Bean got here, that they were going to get a quarterback. And that was in part trading down to get Tredavious white and giving up Pat Mahomes, um, you know, in that particular spot. So, you know, I just, there there's uh, part of that. That's part of the disconnect too, is why do we have the raw big arm talent? This guy who is, um, you know, even the people who liked him had basically said he's, he's undercooked and needs time. Um, you know, why did they play fast and loose with this, this quarterback grouping, you know, so I don't know. I'm losing my steam on it. It's
1: a good question. We could, we could go on. Very good question.
0: And it's, and it's, a it's, it's uh, I think it's one of those ones that in that feels like it's a hindsight question, but really somebody in that room in that draft room should have been saying, do we have to take a quarterback? and i'm wondering if there was a way if there if there there must have been some plan b because if josh allen comes off the board earlier you know how does that affect them do they like any of the other quarterbacks nearly as much you know there must have been a backup uh idea but
2: the the best nfl draft personnel are the ones who have the foresight to think of things the rest of us only think back to reflect on in hindsight you know so you almost hope that they would be asking themselves these questions and have these answers and maybe we would be questioning them at the time and then when we're winning super bowl after super bowl we're like oh yeah that made total sense
0: uh reza who has a yep. little blue check mark next to his name cuz he's special on the twitter who are the bills what is happening to the bills where is it happening when is it happening and why and i will add to that my god what have i done <laughs> yes. Residents how are most I get profile
2: here? followers. I think, yeah, I think the talking heads, you can always go back to, to that. True. Where is the He's bills beautiful back. house? Where is who the bill's beautiful one?
1: And how 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 are the bills? How yes. how how do they execute?
2: I was trying to think of one word that could answer all of these questions. The closest I could come up with was hell. You know, mm-hmm. who are the bills? The bills are hell. What does happen bill? Hell is happening to the bills. Where is it happening? It's happening in hell uh it doesn't really fit the when part of it though so it's 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 tough it's boy this is not where we envision the process uh halfway through this the 2018 season
1: i think there are a fair amount of questions that need to be asked i think those are all good starts
0: yeah um i feel like that that's the enduring philosophy philosophical question question of this podcast those that's he's nailed the like, that's
1: the, that's the thesis for yeah. this, this is the famous, the famous Russian question that mud that, that follows on from all of those, which is what is to be done? And Greg? That, yes. That is our question.
0: Sorry. I thought you, I thought you were, no, I am going up in Okay, uh, on the facebook.com backslash B bills. MNY Scott, Greg wants to know what, if anything, does the bills QB issues tell us about the Bakula's management style
1: of the front office and coaching staff. Mm say this as podcast listeners know i had a very deep conspiracy theory i mean frank had begun a conspiracy theory that wasn't as good but my conspiracy theory has always been that the Pagulas were the ones who were in love with alan and they are they are been pushing this you know we need to get a big arm quarterback because because that's conventional knowledge about as Frank has put it out, that's conventional knowledge because Buffalo is apparently cold. And apparently that requires you have a quarterback who can throw the ball hard. And that that is enough to get it done. I don't know that there's a tremendous amount of evidence to support that, but I would say that, um, you know, you can't, it's kind of, I will say this, it's kind of hard to be half pregnant in terms of being involved with the team. Like you either get involved with the team, and you stay involved with the team, or you don't want to get involved with the team at all. And you really only come you really only worry about who is the head coach and who is the GM? And is this working? And then after that, those are your football people, as it were, and you let them make all of the football decisions. And you are responsible for making sure that they, that they are making progress, getting better, winning whatever you define the goal to be. I don't think it's a good idea to kind of dip your toe in and be like, well, I'm mostly going to let them run it, but I'm also going to make one or two key personnel decisions that I think I need to be involved with. That's probably not a good way to run things. Similarly, if you felt you had to be involved on everything, then at least the, the hierarchy would be clear, and you would, you would presumably make the effort to stay involved and do the research, stay on top of things, um, you know, potentially, if it wasn't working, you would consider going with some outside help. But I think like, it'd be very easy if he, let's say was involved in the selection of the quarterback or, you know, offense coordinator or things that would normally be kind of football decisions. be very easy for them to kind of walk away and say, Well, uh, I sure I made that decision, but all the other decisions uh, were, were you so you have to go and we'll just find another guy who can make this work better that I'd be a little worried about.
0: I listened to a very good it's on the WGR page um, there's only one episode of it it's called Mike Shope in conversation but he spoke to Kim Pagula for half an hour 35 minutes and they included some questions on this and it's you know what does she do when she's watching the game do, you know how involved is she in the discussion of the game and so she's like her answer was Her and, uh, God, it's got her and, and, and Terry, uh, you know, talk about it as like fans on Sunday after the game. And then after that, the next day is when they go in and they have a meeting with the front office people and they ask the more technical questions, the, you know, what about this? What about that? And try and do some evaluation about how the team is doing sort of evaluation. And I think that there's a, there's a, value to having your owner invested in some of the decision-making because owners are kind of the fans, right? Like they, they bought this team because they like the team. Nobody, I mean, granted you make plenty of money. If you
2: spend a billion dollars on something or more than a billion dollars on something, you, you're pretty well, uh, you've, you've got to say to do a lot of what you want to do there. Right.
0: I, I think you like it on some level and you, it's because you have an enjoyment of the sport and there's, not that there's easier ways to make a billion dollars, but I think that like Terry Pagula would could probably make it probably be easier for him to, you know, deepen his fracking business as, as opposed to, um, you know, trying to his hand at the old sports game. So, you know, I, I think that they are involved. I don't know that, that, you know, if, if Scott's right. And they were the ones that really wanted to pull the gun on trigger or, or pull the trigger on, uh, Allen, um, it would have to be your gun. Uh, the <laughs> I head, thought his name
2: was Josh Trigger. So exactly.
0: I heard, uh, uh, new. Tr- trigger warning. Um, then I, I would hope that McBean could then go to him and say, "Okay, this is why it's a bad idea to do that. Uh, please listen to us next time." And he would say, "I got gotcha. you. I, I fell in love with the quarterback. I need to take a step back from that, right?" And and you'd be in a a place where that would be acceptable because, you know, you'd be able to do that. But I think, I don't know, because then I think if you look at the Sabres now, it took them a while and they didn't get the right people the first time. And I think it's still a lot of a question whether they have, whether Phil Housley is the exact right coach but I think that that team is heading more in the right direction than right. the Bills and, and they've owned the that.
2: players. They don't have the O'Reilly's and Canes and laners is the designated saviors. Now they have a new right. group with now and Eichels and, you know, Dawins.
0: Right. And, and certainly nothing's written in stone for them, but they've owned that team longer than they've owned football. And she talked a lot about how, like learning the business of football and, and, and learning um, the people involved. And it's, it's, it's a lot of things. So I, they certainly seem, committed and passionate if I'm if I'm, they seem like they want to do well um and so that's at least in their favor um there certainly have been sports owners that didn't really give a shit um but that's that's let's leave that there because I I the answer is what Scott said the first time Um, and we have lots of podcasts left Phil despite the often awfulness of Peterman surely he is a better option than trying to get Anderson up to speed or do you think the rest of the team just would not accept Peterman playing to you know if local media had any rumblings of this I think Phil that the local media um, and I agree with them is under the impression that it would be mutiny if if Nathan Peterman was going to start another football game for this yeah. team.
2: Yeah, and there's, there have been media members on Twitter who said largely there's a sense they could lose the locker room if they went that direction. So I think they yeah. they might disagree with Phil's premise and say that, eh, maybe he's just not a better option than than Anderson. He's only looked good in garbage time and preseason and for part of a second quarter of a, s- a snow game against the Colts that you couldn't yeah, judge Ander- anything on.
0: Anderson's not really getting up to speed the way that a lot of people are because he's been in these similar systems and he's been in enough systems that he knows what the deal is. And they can limit the the
1: concepts. He knows the the, right. All he's really learning is the timing and
0: what what you call it. Right. You see, we say bagel seven here instead of, you know, croissant seven, croissant seven, which was in Carolina. Um, Maybe next pastry. But I, I would still at this point, and, and they seem to have made that decision, that Derek Anderson is the, is the better option this week. Um, if, you, if you find yourself debating who gives the Bills a better chance to win in, in New England, uh, you need to stop yourself from having that conversation and go outside and play <laughs> hey. because that is not a life to live, my friend. Um, Josh, and I, that's not just for Phil, that's just for anybody. And I don't even know that Phil was having that conversation. I'm just yeah. saying a PSA <laughs> don't have that conversation. Friends don't let friends have that conversation. Uh, could we potentially all oh, this is Josh just go on hiatus until Josh Allen can play again when enduring the pain actually will have a sliver of purpose. Um, I think that is an entirely like that is an entirely appropriate <laughs> fan it's, attitude.
2: I, I will. I am excited about the fact that I have my next two Sunday afternoons without bill's
0: football yes
2: that will that will make my my weekends more enjoyable
0: i do think i'm gonna try and go out for the first half of the monday night game because i need to get out of my house a little um but literally i would i would go do just about anything um and i have no i i don't think you should i don't think there's any question that if you want to take a break from bill's football this week is a great week to take a little break
1: why don't you take a little break yeah i think um What was I going to say? The bills aren't good. And uh, I don't know the rules on forfeiting. I'm pretty sure that's not allowed because all the people in Las Vegas would um, go leave horse heads in Roger Goodell's bed. I feel like that would probably not, people would not appreciate that.
0: Vontae Davis quit. Why can't we? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Derek
2: Anderson wanted to. You could
0: tell. Yeah, you could tell. Uh, Brian. Longtime fan, Brian, who or what are the reasons for optimism next season? I haven't seen a full game so far through circumstance and don't care if I see, don't see one for the rest of the year, Brian, you amen, and I, yes, um, reasons for optimism. I, you know, I think you could rightly say Tredavious white, um, Matt yeah, some of the defense.
2: Defense. Yeah, Milano. You brought up Edmonds. Even though he's not a PFF darling right now, he's shown a lot of the characteristics you wanted. Harrison yeah, Phillips ranks as a top third interior tackle for a third round draft put rookie third round draft pick. So, and and I think the biggest reason for optimism, frankly, is the money. They don't have a lot of uh, dead. You know, they've got about two and a half under two and a half million in dead cap space for next year. They've got a lot of money to spend. And if they don't spend it totally stupidly, <laughs> uh, that's what Scott's laugh yeah. indicates, you know, it's, it's like, what is Kavika Mitchell doing now? Can we well, set Langston Walker, Derek Dodger, Are there and any Carolina and,
1: Panthers who are currently not on the Carolina yes. Panthers? Right.
2: and Jalen and, 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 Clay, $35 million guaranteed. Can we that's,
0: identify one offensive player that's good? Because so far the answer has been probably not.
2: Well, it goes into the Steven's question, which is next, which I have one—the only one I can think of, which I brought up earlier—is please read.
0: Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah,
2: uh, Steven says losing faith in McDermott being are any of their offensive moves showing any promise at all, and the only one I can think of is Dawkins. Cordy Glenn has been yeah. pretty good as, as a left tackle for the Bengals, though not dominant. Whereas Dion has been a better than league average. Left tackle at a guy who's under a very good cost-controlled contract, and granted, they stumbled into that move. That was not the plan when they drafted him to make him their left tackle. He was supposed to compete at right tackle, but uh, he's he stepped in. He's done done a good job. He hasn't been super exceptional, but you're not seeing a lot of tackles coming from the quarter or a lot of sacks or pressures coming from the quarterback's blind side as much. But but yeah, Stephen, to go to your point, that's literally the one I can think of. Yeah, one. <laughs>
0: Huzzah. Um, Steven gave us a rundown part ways with a veteran quarterback, draft a new raw quarterback, rookie not ready to start, needs to sit behind a veteran, find a new veteran to replace the one you just let go. Veteran doesn't pan out, start the rookie. Rookie's still not ready, scramble to find a third veteran. Didn't we just go through this a few years ago with Fitz, EJ Manuel, Kevin Cobb, and uh, Randy Orton?
2: Yes, right, doing his RKOs. Yeah, we did, and if you want to go back... Before that, they did it with Lossman Holcomb after that, when they had Bledsoe on the roster. And then after Bledsoe was let like, go, oh, they're like, let's bring in the this veteran Holcomb because we're not sure Lossman can do it. And then with the you know Lossman Edwards era is when Fitz came into it, and then Fitz became the departed veteran guy. So, yeah, they have replayed this largely since the post-Flutie Johnson era where they had two quarterbacks who could at least play the sport properly. And then once they gave up on Bledsoe after 4
0: this is where this is what instability at quarterback
1: looks like. This is what it looks like. Um, uh, you can't learn from your own mistakes if you're not there to, if you're not allowed to to be there
2: long enough to make the same mistake twice. Right. Though so to be fair, the current you I don't know if there's anyone really left in the front office who is around during any of those other things. Now that Brandon is gone, I don't think anyone who has substantial role in these decisions is still left from. The uh the manual Fitz Orton days.
0: Jim Or Overdorf, right?
2: Yeah, Overdorf.
0: I, someone wanted to fire him this week. I saw that and I was like, that's just silly. Um okay. Well, can we let's do this day in Bill's headline, which is always something to look forward to.
2: Yes, it's gonna be gonna be an exciting one. We have a very brief prologue on this day in Bill's headlines because the Bills have played the Patriot twice on this day, so I wanted to at least mention those games twice in the last 30 years, that is. Uh, one of which was the Bills, the one and five Patriots beating the five and one Bills on Monday Night Football '95. The other, more cheerily, 1988, the six and one Bills beat the three and four Pats in a game where Doug Flutie went five of sixteen for 58 yards for New England in 1988. Uh, despite losing the turnover battle, the Patriots four to nothing. And then the last bit of the prologue. I wanted to include this in my trivia. There was a headline in 2003 that said X Bills wide receiver Johnson considers joining team as coach. And then the whole two sentences after that described to me in the article. Don't give me a first name. Is that Tremaine Johnson, Flip Johnson, Charles Johnson? Bill's had a lot of Johnson receivers, and I don't know which one made a home in Carolina, even though I researched it because that was part of the article. Anyway, on to the trivia portion of this game and Bill's headlines, and then we'll wrap up with the 2016 game, which will feature a trifecta trivia question to see if you guys can get any of the three aspects. But for now, 2017. Bills beat Pats to signing blank. And Bills beat Pats is deceiving. I mean, yeah. the Bills <laughs> jumped the gun and beat the Patriots in signing someone. So the Bills beat Pats to signing blank and reaped benefits and win over Bucks. I will give the hint that this was someone that they signed literally the week before the Bucks and amassed over 100 yards that his first game at his given skill. He is now unemployed, I believe. I will check that. Guy they picked up off the scrap heap wasn't doing anything hundred yard day no excuse me he is with the Cowboys right now.
0: Keyshawn Johnson.
2: Uh, Keyshawn? No, no, not, not Key. No. no, no, Deontay Thompson was the answer. Remember oh, Deontay?
1: Deontay, yeah, sure, yeah.
2: yeah. All right, twenty fifteen. Uh, Bill's linebacker blank, underwhelmed by the food in gloomy, cloudy London. Hint. He is the most he has the most British sounding name in Bill's history.
1: Um English
0: linebacker Nigel Bradham.
2: Brad, yep, Nigel Bradham.
0: You got it,
1: Scott. I uh, yeah, I was it's, what did we call up. him? You teed me up. <laughs> Frustrating.
2: All right. 2012. Bill's defensive end blank questions teammates' effort without singling anyone out. He says it's evident watching film that not everyone played hard every snap. Hmm. Defensive end, he's with the team, I want to say, about a decade, maybe a little longer. Uh,
1: 2015? 2012, this was. 2012.
2: Let's see if I can quickly on my phone pull up his uh, playing career because I don't want to do it on the, on the computer and zoom it out. He played for the Bills from 2003 through 2012, 10 seasons.
0: 10 seasons.
2: 32
1: and a half That's seconds.
2: Defensive end. Aaron Schobel. Aaron was know. done in O n after O nine. Earlier.
1: Yeah, okay. Um boy, I don't know. Ryan Denny?
2: That was a great guess. It's the other one. It's Chris Kelsey. Kelsey. Ah,
1: Chris Kelsey.
0: The yeah, other it one. Is, is Denny's the other Ryan mirrored. Denny. Yeah.
2: I feel like he and Ryan's careers mirrored each other, they only did. Kelsey got the bigger contract, but Denny caught a lot of touchdowns from Ryan Mormon, by which I mean mm-hmm. two. So, uh, all right, 2006, there was not much going on between 7 and 11 worth going into. Blank is king for a day. There's a pun in that headline. The downside for the Bills is they didn't capitalize on this player's catches. Two of his receptions were followed by
1: Robert Royal. Robert Royal. Finally, Frank gets to answer correctly with Robert Royal. All right.
2: Um, 2005, this is a slight summary. Uh, this was a game where the Bills were one and four and destroyed by the Raiders, 31 to 17. Excuse me, the Bills played the one and four Raiders and the Raiders destroyed them. I think it was 38 17. I wrote this down wrong. The trivia question there was a back who had played for the Bills for three years, who had never had a carry for the team and hadn't had one in five seasons dating back to when he was a Jaguar. So, what did the Bills decide to do? They handed to him on fourth and one and he stopped and went up being on the last carry of his career. Can you name that bill?
1: Oof. What year? Uh,
2: 2005.
0: 2005. Oh, 05. I'm graduating law school.
2: Okay. Quickly summarizing. Bills go for it on fourth and one. Guy hadn't had a carry mm-hmm. in five years. They give it to him. He gets zero. And mm. he never carried a ball again. Who did oh, he five. carry
0: the ball against? Can you tell us that?
2: Uh, let's see. Well, it was against the Raiders this game. They tried third and one. And McGee, he got the third and one call and didn't get it on third and one. So they handed it off to this guy to try and catch them off guard.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to get it.
1: I want to say, like, Anthony Thomas.
2: Oh, that was a good guess, but it was actually Damon Shelton, the fullback. Yeah. And that was a tough All one. Right. I, didn't, All I right. didn't realize he... Okay, yes. Yeah, that was the toughest one left, I think. Okay. All right, 2002, Bill's cornerback, Blank, has been selected as the AFC Defensive Player of the Week following his performance in last week's win in Miami.
0: Cornerback, is that terrible Terrence McGee?
2: No, yeah. but a this good guess. Be, he was this would at... be
1: Clements or Winfield.
2: Yep. Now, which one? Can yes. you make the correct
1: answer? Uh, I feel like last week it was... Winfields, so I'll say Clements.
2: Oh, Scott knows me well. It is indeed Nate Casting Clements. I used Winfield last week. All right. 2001, Jabs, JBS flying as this quarterback versus this quarterback looms on. So basically have a battle of two Bills quarterbacks going on here in 2001. Uh, the Bills are about to play the Chargers. It says the second shot in advance of Sunday's showdown came out of San Diego where former Bills linebacker Sam Rogers had this assessment. This is a game we should win by 10 points at least, Rodgers said. I don't think the Bills can sneak one out. You name the two Bills quarterbacks butting heads with each other here.
0: Well, this is before Bledsoe, and right. it is after Flutie Johnson. Is it after
1: Johnson and Flutie?
0: They're, that that was 99. 99. Right. Was, the, was the playoff year, and I don't think they lasted another two years together. No, I think that Flutie they were done ahead, by 99. then. So yeah. I think this is an Alex Van Pelt, and because 2002 was like the the really bad year, right? They were like three and thirteen that year.
1: Mm, no, was that
2: 2001 that was, was a really bad. Oh, okay, year. And okay. And I will say my question was extremely deceptive. This is a former Bills quarterback at the time versus say then current Bills quarterback. Because oh. I think you guys are on the right track in my oh, question. Oh, I see. <laughs>
1: So,
0: so is it Johnson and Flutie it, it, on different teams? Johnson uh, and Flutie, correct. except
1: Flutie's on the Pats at this point? Uh, He's
0: Chargers. on the Chargers. He's on the Chargers right. at this point.
2: Uh, yeah. Bill's lost a heartbreaker after a long punt return uh, when Johnson yeah, had let them I on what seemed like a game-winning that. drive. Yeah. All right, this is uh, guess one of these two, In good luck. 2,000, blank and blank, revive running game. Spoiler alert, they did not. <laughs> Narrator says, long-term, they did not. Either of these running backs who were reviving the running game in 2000.
0: Oh, who's the, oh, who was the guy that ended up?
1: No, because we did Travis Henry like last. No, time. yeah, but he's yeah. after this.
2: Right. He Henry was, was drafted in no one Who is the was the guy that was had Right after in. Antoine Smith left. To oh, go that's what I was going to guess,
0: step. was Antoine Smith.
2: So these were the two guys who are filling in for Antoine. One went on to have some productive years with the Dolphins and the Patriots, so he was never a feature back. And the other, I think, went to Detroit.
0: Um, so Danny Woodhead and <laughs> Gabrielle Union.
2: Correct. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going Clayton, to say Clayton
1: Kershaw and Mookie Betts.
2: Ah, they're, how's that game going? Was it 2-2 last I saw?
1: 3-2 Red Sox. All right. Uh,
2: Sammy Morris and Sean Bryson. Sammy Morris. And Sean Bryce I
1: don't remember those guys yes, whatsoever
2: all right here's the the super trivia question the grand finale okay it was a game in 2016 the bills blow a 17 to 6 lead with 16 minutes left and lose 28 25 to the dolphins so we're gonna have you can name and see how many of these three players you can name can you name either one the bills linebacker who blocked a punt in the second quarter or two the Bill safety that accidentally knocked down Ronald Darby and gave Kenny Stills a clear path to the end zone on the game-winning T D. Or three, the reason that this safety was in the game was due to a an injury, a career-ending injury that happened to the starting Bill safety earlier in that game. That Bill Safety would never play again after this game. Can you name any of these three guys. Or how many of these three guys can you name? So you're looking for a linebacker that blocked a punt. Right. You're looking for a starting free safety who had a career-ending injury, and you're looking for his substitute who came in and knocked over Ronald Darby like a bowling pin to give Kenny Stills a chance to score the clinching touchdown.
1: Oh, oh so so Aaron Williams was the one who...
2: Right. There, there's there's one of the three. That's that three. the three. He got nailed one. by Landry, and that ended his career.
1: And then the safety who came in to replace him... Oh, this is going to bother me, because it's right on the tip of my tongue. Was he the, the, the redskin... Who came Kari
2: Rambo? That was a good guess, but no, there's a few good guesses you can make here because besides this safety, there's at least two others who occurred to me who it could have been. Rambo was one of Rambo is one of four legitimate guesses for this. Uh, uh,
1: all right. I'll say then the if it's not Rambo, then it must be John McClain. Was the other C T. <laughs> right. And then uh, it's the yeah. other
2: 80s action hero besides yeah. Rambo. Uh, so, uh,
1: well, and then the linebacker then would have been John Matrix from Commando. Yeah. Commando.
2: Very 80s action heavy. Frank, do are you gonna see Scott's correct answers here or uh any uh, guesses you want to throw out there? Uh,
0: Corey Graham, that
2: was a good guess, but not wow. not it. The linebacker, you guys have no chance at, so don't even bother. Um, <laughs> All the, right,
0: yeah, we're good. Give it to us.
2: Scott got the initials right on the safety, uh, John Meeks, Jonathan Meeks, uh, John-
0: Johnny Meeks,
2: and then the linebacker blocked that. the front, uh, not Matrix, but McRae, Lorente McRae. Lorente, Do I don't. He had
0: a guy named Lorente McRae while yeah, we were played. podcasting.
2: He's, yes, he started <laughs> 13 team, games, or no, excuse me, played 13 games for the Bills, started three, I believe. Now he plays for the Jaguars, actually played against the Bills in the playoff game. Yes, started, yeah, had 16 tackles for the Bills. Uh, didn't okay, have answer, any sex.
0: answer me this honestly if before this play I had asked you what you thought of Lorente McRae. Would either of you had to do a double take that year and been like who? <laughs>
2: yes. I I had not even remembered remotely his his presence. So I could not a, to a guy to be- named McCray in twenty sixteen had you know sixteen total tackles and a forced fumble for the Bills and a blocked punt.
0: That's like one of those fake news sounding things where like they just tell us it happened and we're, we just go, well, I guess it happened because it was on the internet.
2: I think they faked the footage because I actually watched the the highlights of they this They can
0: game. do that now, Paul. Right. They yeah,
2: I feel like I have no recollection of it. I watched the McCray Block Pod, have no recollection of watching that as it happened and I le- allegedly would have. I, d- I definitely remember the the collision at safety uh, mm-hmm. that caused yes. uh, caused. Uh, it and is. I remember why I there Aaron Williams too, but, but yeah, the McRae thing—I think that was fake footage because I had no recollection of that that ever happening. And Jennifer that was uh, that was the State Bills' headlines, by the way, October twenty-third, uh, a bunch of different years. Uh,
0: the Bills play the Patriots on Monday night. They're thirteen-point underdogs.
2: Uh, I'm I'm glad they're not three-digit underdogs. They- I thought take this it, was going to be that first. Scared
1: away by the seventeen point line that we were at the Vikings game. So. Yeah. Last time they played on
0: at home on night, I can't believe it was this long ago, fifty six to ten, uh, which I think we watched in Crystal City at my apartment. We did there were a and bunch
2: of us there. It was it was sad.
0: It was sad because that was a Dick Duran team that was kind of okay.
2: Right. Was, they started like one in four, and that was the the. The year they had the dreaded Cowboys Monday night lost, you know, deflated mm-hmm. us, and then they won four in a row to go to five and four going into that game. Kevin Everett came by and we gave him a round of applause, and that was that was the end of the good news for the Bills.
0: Right. So that's a long time ago. That's also the I, Andrea Kramer modeling uh, oh, the, the Tom that Brady just, yes. at the end of the game in, in what is one of the most lascivious looks I've ever seen a human being put onto another human <laughs> being uh, game. Uh, but the man had just put up 56 points with his team, so he probably had earned it but against the bills true um, he also trolled bill's mafia uh, yeah, he did this, this week on the, on the
1: Instagram which
2: is so frustrating. because what can we we're not going to get vengeance on him We just have to accept that that's that's going to be something he's
1: just a do. bully that's all it is like it's, it's
2: literally some bullying
1: yeah, it's literally someone like Melania Trump talk to Tom Brady come come down right there like and... she
0: that's her initiative be nice to the bills fans
1: <laughs> that's I'm pretty sure that's what it is
0: that's exactly what her program is about helping bills fans not be bullied by good quarterbacks um are you gonna watch this game should we just make plans now like on the podcast or what are your hopes yeah, we could always i'm not gonna ask you who you think's gonna win that's <laughs> fucking stupid I don't even know what to ask you about this game, other than
2: did you see? Did you see who the uh, Pats brought in for a tryout today? By the way,
1: oh Jim God, Gally.
2: a former Bonte Bill, Guinness. a little more recent, Colton Schmidt.
1: Colton Can Schmidt. Bring, but
2: they bring him in to work out his mouth and be like, "Hey, tell us some things, Colton," because they don't need a punter. That is such gamesmanship. But how is that even allowed to bring in a guy for a workout unless it's monitored by the NFL, who is you know who knows the entire build? That is- that
1: is, a, that is a fairly consistent thing that does happen.
2: That is true. They do it all the time.
1: Um, but anyway, um, I feel like a good question to ask about this game is, is Nathan Peterman going to play? Ooh, at like,
0: all. Or right, yeah.
1: And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that they will put, like, they will put, you know, they'll, they'll Fred Jackson will come out of retirement and pay quarterback before Nathan Peterman goes in this game. Do you think McCoy will play?
2: My my question was going to be, uh, will McCoy play? And if so, will it be his last game as a Bill?
0: Yeah, and and also see also Kelvin Benjamin, um, who may or may not have some value.
2: Now I say if I say he doesn't play, but I do think he will survive the trade deadline. It's his. He's under contract next year. Money's not a problem for the Bills next year. They plan to win next year, so unless they get a really good offer, I don't think he goes anywhere. But I think
0: great. I'm look. Hmm? I'm not opposed to trading him if somebody wants to. him. I'm not opposed to it, but
2: I just don't want to jettison him off. I don't want to either.
0: He's been the only really fun thing to watch in the last two or three years, and he's been excellent. It's been that was a really good trade, and if for nothing else, it's been a joy to watch him as a bill. And I don't want him to go per se. Um, as great as a court running back as Fred Jackson was, you can see that LaShawn McCoy is a superstar in comparison mm-hmm. that like, he's the only legitimate superstar this team has had. Um, but he also hasn't been great this year. And if with all, you know, and I don't think he's a difference maker next year. So if we can get anything for him, of value,
2: yes, that'll be the key. But it, my caveat is like it's not like a Marshall Newhouse situation where it's like, you're willing to give us something for Marshall Newhouse? Okay. Right. I just want to make sure they get some something in return. So I'm yeah, I sure don't want to see a Marcel
0: Darius trade here where it's just right. like, please take him and we'll take anything. Um, because again, his cap hit is not nearly as bad. Well to um, me,
1: just briefly on the subject of trades, please. I think it's and well, I, I will say briefly because we're way long at this point, I think. <laughs> That's okay. Um, we're having fun. Stop listening, everyone. Um, no, I. I they already have. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, you don't need to tell us that, Scott. Um, the uh, no, I think the issue is, is it's almost, it's hard for me to believe that McDermott again thinking about the culture thing. How could you sell that to a locker room? of like no we're really tanking like and that was they were very put out last year when that became a thing that like oh well we're tanking because we're trading people and they're like no we're not we're we're, we're going for it we're we're adding kelvin benjamin we're doing whatever and got you know they made the freaking playoffs, so they were right they were not tanking they i mean they were they mm-hmm. got further than anyone else had so but i i wonder if they if the focus you know there's this um sometimes it's said that like culture each strategy for lunch um and i get that but the problem with that is is that culture does not have a plan culture does not have um big picture things in mind culture doesn't know when to take sacrifices uh or when to you know you know put things aside that need to be put aside because culture is not a thing that is steered by a person or or a leadership it's just something that exists and it can be kind of altered by leadership but it's not designed to get you anywhere, and I'm concerned that under a McDermott team, there's going to be limits to what they can do um, in terms of radical restructuring and tanking because of the investments that he's made in the culture and the type of people he has brought in. And therefore, that will limit their flexibility in getting better, which ultimately is the kind of one of the biggest things you need, you need to be able to say like, this isn't working, we need to change this guy isn't working, we need to cut him, this guy isn't working, we need to trade him. Like, that's how good teams get. That's how teams get better. You it's not simply as simple as this team needs to have a better culture and work more together. That's very rarely the answer. Done.
0: Finito. You know what else is done? This podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. bbillsmny at gmail.com. I should check that. B-bills, MNY on Twitter, B-bills, MNY on Facebook. Search Buffalo Bills maybe next year or Buffalo Bills podcast in your search engine. Add us to your pod catcher. Go to iTunes. Look up maybe next year. Buffalo Bills maybe next year. The second longest running Bills podcast. Uh, in, history. In, in, the, in history. In human history. Because yes we are the, that's it there is human history and as of now we are the second longest running bills podcast ever in all of human history um until next time sometime after i, I think we'll just do a quick postmortem, and hopefully no one will be exploded in the monday night game um and we'll just see what pieces we have left on the ground uh, after that. And then uh, we'll we'll go from there. It'll be time to look towards the third quarter of the season, guys. Yay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for enduring and listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Have a good night, everyone. My name is Frank.
2: I'm Scott. I'm Paul.
0: Later.